that first song did wake you up. You started out soft, and then, boy, you begin to get with it, and I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you for that. All right. This morning, let me just share some things with you that I hope that God has gotten for you. I believe he has. I spent a long time at it, just trying to say, okay, Lord, how about this? How about this? And here's, here's what I finally come up with for today. One day we're praising God, and the next day we're questioning him. Okay, been there? What we sometimes forget is the providence of God. Do you know what the providence of God means? You, well, you do know that God, he sees and knows things that you don't know. You understand that? We better be glad that he's guiding, even if it takes on us a trip that we weren't planning on. Have you had a detour or two in your life? Thought you knew you were going, and then suddenly... Something happens and everything changes. Uh, two basketball players were heading out to Kenya as missionaries, and they were so excited about their trip. And as they, the fog made the plane circle so long, they were in the air so long that they missed the connecting flight out to Kenya, out to Kenya. And they were all concerned about it, and they were all upset. Well, God, what are you doing here? Because they weren't sure when they were going when they were going to get to go. But finally, it was determined in that small airport that there was another plane that would take them where they were going and the only seats on that plane were a little section was first class well god was so good to them what a happy accident they were all excited about they'd never been in first class in all of their life and they were just thrilled that is until the plane began to lurch and dive and lose altitude very quickly and be, they were thrown back and forth and they began to pray god don't you want us there where are you god what's happening don't you want us to be in kenya as missionaries and being in first class, they heard noises from the cockpit that the other passengers could not hear. And they just determined together they had nothing to lose, so they just burst through that door, and they saw that a man had overtaken the pilots and was crashing the plane. Well, they fought him down and let the pilots take over. The, the plane had gone from 30,000 feet to 4,000 feet, but the pilots were able to get it leveled out, and all were saved. Do you see what a bumpy ride these two guys were on? Believing God why, believing God why. We look at everything around us and make our decisions about God, don't we? How he's doing. Those young believers were questioning God and giving him praise. You know, they were young. They had a roller coaster of emotion. Well, here's my question to you. Do we do any better after our years of walking with him? Have we learned some stuff along the way? God's plan wasn't about seating them in first class. His plan was about saving other people, saving lives. Well, so David, after all of those years, 10 long years of running after, uh, away from King Saul, rascals coming to join him, which meant a bunch of people needing food and water, and for heaven's sakes, they were in a wilderness. There was no schnooks next door constantly listening for the approach of soldiers whose aim is to kill you. Do you think in those 10 years that David might have had a little bit of time of questioning? As a matter of fact, when we read his Psalms, we find some questions. But David cannot get to the end of Psalm, any Psalm, without praising the Lord. He starts with a question, but it takes him right to praising the Lord and showing his confidence in the Lord. I hope that's where we're getting, maybe where we are now. You've dealt with a valley or two in your time, haven't you? And some of you might be able to say to me, well, right now, right now, there's a valley in my life, this particular point. 
David would teach us how to go through a valley of the shadow and step into the sunshine because here's what we know. What happens in our life when we are in the hands of God, he does turn it to good. He does mean it for good when we give it to him. Have you not found that out yet, that there is a rainbow after every storm if we're looking for God and we've given it over to him? Would you agree with me that so much of your life has been good? Hmm? And every good and perfect gift comes from who? The Father of lights. Isn't that beautiful? Lights at the end of the tunnel. A dad was talking to his spoiled, complaining kids with their high-tech toys and their name brands, and he was trying to tell them about how good they had it and all the good gifts that they had. And he told them, he said, I, I had to get up before daybreak, and I delivered papers, and then I walked to school, which was a far distance away. And as soon as school was over, I went to work in a grocery store. And I was hungry a lot, he told them that. And his little boy, four-year-old boy, said, Dad, I bet you're glad you moved in with us. Didn't have a clue where his gifts came from, did he? Didn't catch it at all. But you know what? God expects us to know by now where our goodness comes from. He expects us to give credit where credit is due. And to understand like David that sure enough, goodness and mercy just follow me around. Who is God good to? Well, you know, Scripture says everybody. Psalm 145.9 said the Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are all over the earth. And we would say, really? As we think of some of the situations that people are in around the world. But you know what? You can't go anywhere on planet earth and not find evidence of the goodness of God. It's there. The only reason you're here today is the goodness of God. You understand that? The way he's blessed you, gave you the breath, gave you the strength, even gave you the desire to be here. How about that? Acts 10.38 tells us, while Jesus was here, he went about, two words, doing good, doing good. So, <laughs> David knows that he had not quit doing good when things were rough in his life. And also, David was a shepherd, and he knew about sheep. He knew about the dangers that were waiting for the rebellious ones. So, let's ask this question. Find yourself in one of these three, will you? Why do you end up in a valley? Because you have. Maybe you are now. One of these three reasons. First of all, sheep stray from the shepherd. They do that. Yep. And yes, we do it to ourselves. We know what to do and we don't. Uh, we know what not to do and we do it. Sometimes it's a big sin that will just mess your life up terrible break up a home, cause all kinds of problems. But with a lot of us, it's something that we would say was, uh, it's not a big sin. Uh, no, what, what we might consider is just a little disobedience. Will that get us into a valley? Well, let me see if I can explain it like this. How does God consider something little or big? Okay, I have a grandchild who comes in and says, Grandma, can I have a cookie? And I open the jar and I say, you can have one. Dinner's about ready. Suppose that child eats that cookie and then gets a hand in and looks up at me and starts biting on the second one. Now, is that about a cookie? What's it about? Disobedience and rebellion. What I'm having to deal with that, and that child is not a cookie. I'm having to deal with, oh, my goodness, we need to stop this rebellion before she destroys herself. 
because that's what's going to happen. If you know uh, that God is telling you not to, you must not ignore him. Well, God, you know, it's just a couple of friends. I don't think it's gossip. I just need to share with my friends. And all the times there's that little twinge that says, don't. Come on, just close your mouth. Don't tell something bad about somebody. That's my child, too. Or I, I just like this TV show. Everybody watches TV. I know it's got some language in it, but, Lord, I just, it's so good. And everything is bad on TV, it seems like, anymore. And next week, you sit down and watch your show again. You know what's happening? You're quenching the Spirit of God. That's what's happening. Is it worth it? Is a television show worth quenching the Spirit? Because you know what? If you continue to quench that Spirit, finally, he'll quit speaking to you. Okay? He'll just let you go. Then you're in that valley for a long time, down the slippery slope to... to Till sometime you can get it right. Okay, maybe it's not, maybe it's not uh, straying from the shepherd. Maybe it's actions of other sheep, because that'll get you in a valley. Your son, your daughter, your husband, your friend, right? Been there. They do something that breaks your heart, and you end up in a valley. Sin never just hurts the one doing it. Don't ever say, "Well, it's my body" or "It's my life." That's wrong. It's God's. It is God's. Every time someone gets into deliberate sin, it's like throwing a parable into the pond and the ripples go on and on and on and this one is hurt and this one is hurt and this one is hurt. Sometimes the action of other sheep. But third, okay, now get this one. A third reason you might end up in the valley is that the shepherd leaves you there. The shepherd takes you there. You know, you can't stay a baby and please him. You got some growing that you need to do. We never learn on mountaintops when we get up there. Everything's just glorious and la-dee-da. We're so happy. We don't learn there. In the valley, it's like God gets his finger under your chin and lifts your eyes up to him. And we can say, I will lift my eyes into the hills from whence my help cometh from. In the valley, we'll do that better than on the mountaintops, won't we? Yeah, in the mountaintops, we kind of survey all the then down there, and now I'm up here. Walk your valley right. David didn't say, yea, though I run through the valley of the shadow. Just walk. I, I want to get in a hurry. I want out of there. I do. But if we just stop and ask, Father, okay, here's where I am. I want to learn from you in this darkness and head for the light. Would you just go ahead and do your work in me? Just get humble and obedient and understand. Stay on your face a while. Speak to him. God, please. Give me the strength to get through this. But, oh, Lord, if there's a lesson for me, and there will be, let me learn it. If your shepherd loves you enough to die for you, he will surely walk with you. And he says, he says, I'll do this. Why don't you just take my yoke, and we'll walk through this together. And my shoulders will carry the heavy weight, and you can lean on me. I'll make your yoke easy and your burden light. Or, or, you can just walk through it by yourself. Two choices. When you're in the valley, everybody makes one. One of those two. I don't want to panic in the valley. We ha need to have this deep theology before we get there. God will allow us to holler at him and question why and rant and rave. But it's his desire that you walk through it calmly with a deep, deep belief and trust in his love to get you through. David's going to help us with that. We're going to watch him do some struggles. Listen to this. I'm sure you've heard it before, but hear it new today. Never doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. 
all right? But then when you're through that valley, let's go further. Never, never doubt in the light what God showed you in the dark. There's learning in both places, and it's up to us to catch it and to get it. The valley is never a destination. Remember that. We are supposed to walk through, and how quickly depends on you. If you look for a way out, if you rebel, if you blame, God just stops and waits, just waits. You know, there are people that live in a valley. They've held a grudge for years, and they will not give it up. I was right. They were wrong, and they stay for years. There are people who have embraced sorrow. They've had a great sorrow in their life. And somehow they refuse the splashes of happiness and joy that God gives them. And they stay down and they stay in the valley. There's so many reasons that you could stay there. But that's not what God wants for you. He wants to teach you and let you move on and use your experience to help someone else and to grow you up, grow me up. The, the lone survivor was in a shipwreck, and he, he was in a valley, all right. He cried out to God. He, he beat heaven's gates. He did. Day after day, he would pray and pray, and, and he'd scan the horizon, and he managed to build himself a little hut, and there was some warmth and protection in that hut. And then he was out hunting for food one day, and he came back, and the hut was on fire, and everything that he had put together, everything he had gathered was gone. It burned to the ground, and the worst had happened to him there. He was so angry at God. He was just through with that praying. He was just through. Early the next day, the ship came to rescue him. How'd you know I was here? We saw your smoke signal. Here's the deal. Listen, the Lord knows when the ship's going by. And the Lord knows when to set the fire. And if you get a fire set in your life, Lord, there's a reason for this because I'm your child and you love me. And you wouldn't just do this to me. There is a reason. David knew that the valley experience would be in his life, but he also knew that always goodness and mercy was there and would be there. Shall follow you means, shall follow means to pursue. In other words, goodness and mercy will just chase you down if you trust in the Lord with all your heart and you give yourself to him. One, one last thing. Dr. Harry Onside tells about an elderly lady who was having a little trouble with her thinking. She was convinced that two men were following her, and she was absolutely tortured and frightened to death. And she finally came to her pastor and told him, please help me everywhere I go. These two, these two people over there, they're in the corner right now. And she was looking at the corner. And God spoke to Ironside's heart, and he said, why, Mrs. Smith, how blessed you are. Those are David's friends. They followed him too. He said, don't you remember it? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And he said to her, uh, does one have brown hair? And she said, yes. He said, well, that's goodness. And what color is the other one's hair? Black. Yep, that's mercy. That's mercy. She was never afraid again. She said, oh, thank you. Thank you. She smiled and welcomed her guests from then on and called them goodness and mercy. Welcome. You say she was just imagining things. I'm not I'm not, and goodness and mercy have followed me around all the days of my life. I'm not imagining a thing. I feel the presence of the Lord, and it is good, and he is full of mercy. Am I right? All right. David saved the best for last when he finished that beautiful psalm up. It was wonderful about green pastures and still waters and the table and all of that. But at the end, this is what he said. 
and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Didn't mean the temple because he said the next word, forever, forever. David knew he had it. Oh, that's us, forever, wow, in his presence. No more valleys, no more. We'll walk them here and get them right and be eternally grateful that we did. Just Shekinah glory and unspeakable joy. What a deal. What a deal. Wow. Okay, thank you, guys. Um, we're going to end today just a little bit different. In a moment, I'm going to have you stand. Now, don't get nervous about this. Okay, don't get nervous. We're going to divide up in groups of three or four. There's some people around you that will pull you into their group. And we have things on our hearts that are valley things, and it may not be you, but it might be your child or your, or your friend or someone in your church. And we don't have time really for us all to speak all those things, but in our little group of four, would you just tell each other, you don't have to get specific at all if you want to, you know, you can just say, my son, he needs prayer. Or you can tell each other some things if you would like to. We can trust each other here. And then there'll be one person in that group of four that'll say, I don't mind praying. And you won't have to if you don't want to. You just thank you and receive the prayer, okay, and pray together. How about that? Is that all right with you? This means yes, this means no. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, 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 what was that girl doing? <laughs> little hesitancy there. I saw a circle, and I don't know how to interpret that, so I'll just ignore it. Okay, <laughs> if you all will stand up, please, and you may move out to the center of aisle if you want to, or stand in two rows, two front, two back, but get yourself in a group, and we're going to take five minutes, five minutes, 